up, fantasy fam? Back here for another great episode. Awesome episode coming very, your way. Very excited, Kyle. Very excited. We're going to start off with some news. We're going to move into the question of the day. And then our topic of the day is going to be a hybrid type of episode. We're going to talk about what value and what reach are and how important they are to fantasy. And then we're going to put it to the test. We are going to do a simulated mock draft. And we'll provide those details later. But what we're going to do is we're going to show you how important value and reach is not just by definition, but how important it is to actually use it in the draft room. All right? Sound good? Love it. So some uh, some news headlines that call my eye today. It's been kind of a dead week, which I'm okay with. But so some of the big ones that I think are important here. Uh, Seth Devolve, okay? I don't know if people actually know his name at this point, but he is a second-year tight end for the Browns. Who is he? Okay, so the Browns, <laughs> the Browns have a lot of these players. Ricardo Lewis, they have a lot of these players that people don't really know. But once the Browns started getting better... People are going to recognize some of these names, I think. And David Njoku is the reason for this. David Njoku was their first-round pick this year. Love the pick. Freakish tight end. I mean, he's going to be Love a great player going forward. Love it. But I think he's still – tight ends really don't make an impact in the league in their first year, even sometimes their second year. So I think Devolve, who's more of a hybrid wide receiver tight end, can really step up. He's he's getting praise in minicamp. I mean, which OTAs – and it's, it's not always – you know, the best source because every coach is going to talk up all their players. Of course. Of course but at the same time, to hear this praise count, like I've seen this headline maybe four of the last like seven days. I've seen them saying, wow, this kid could really be something special. And for a team that has weapons that include Corey Coleman, who's always hurt, you know, and Joku, who's a rookie, and Isaiah Crowell, I mean, I, I really think that this, this kid could really step up and potentially have a little bit of impact. Am I saying he's going to be huge? No. But could I think be- he could could be a good he could be a good dynasty pickup could be a sneaky dynasty play he is young he's only 24 years old out of out of our ivy league friends over in princeton yeah he's smart he's smart right? kid. so you know he's yeah. smart he looks he looks very prestigious to him i'm checking him out you know <laughs> and he just looks like he's a very smart guy but i i have to agree with you on that that yeah. this, this guy he could be a sneaky i don't think it i don't think it will affect Najoku's value per se, just for the like you said, Corey Coleman. I mean, the guy. I mean, it's, he got drafted what two years ago? Yeah, first round pick again. Yeah, Didn't really and play I, hasn't been right. healthy yet. Wide receiver, tight end. I I think this guy could definitely be someone sneaky. Maybe you won't draft him, but definitely someone to look out for on the waiver. Definitely in like a 14, 16 team league. Or for somebody who has those established tight ends that they take, <coughs> you know, your Bronx or your or your Travis Kelsey's, oh, yeah. someone to look at maybe in that last round that say, hey, you know what, I want a backup tight end that has a lot of upside. I have someone who's established, why not take a, a flyer on someone who could have some decent upside? If not, maybe a trade could be in the works for someone who doesn't, you know, who who's struggling, has doesn't have a great tight end in the middle of the season, and this kid's performing well. Agreed. I think it's a totally nice pick. Um, can, I, can I take <laughs> this next headline? Because I think this is sure. great. Please I want to talk about it. this next headline. It's so, fantastic. So this is a great. I mean, this this is obviously it's great. Um, who out there obviously loves McDonald's? I mean, it's the Golden Arches. Emmanuel Sanders is apparently cutting McDonald's from his diet. What a sacrifice! I mean, really, McDonald's? I mean, it's just it's just funny to see they get paid to play football and to work out and to stay in shape. It's disgusting. I mean, but this is this is pretty funny. I mean, does it does it affect him now? You know, does it make him a little bit better? Maybe a little bit quicker? <laughs> He's having better night's sleep. 
first of all, how sad is it that we're talking about McDonald's exactly. as one of our news headlines? It's but pretty it's, sad. The truth is, is this story caught my eye. <laughs> he, uh, this is a direct quote from him. If I was hungry, I would sometimes go through the McDonald's line and grab a 20-piece. Just for fun. This is a professional athlete doing if you're this. Going, if you're going for value at McDonald's, a 20-piece is where it's at. I mean, it's five, It's I think it's only like four ninety nine. That is that's pretty funny though. If he but was hungry, just think why about, a twenty piece nugget? Come on. But just think about that too. Is the fact that he's a professional athlete and he's still playing really well. I mean, he's he's a great athlete. He's putting up a thousand yards for the Broncos and he's eating McNuggets not frequently, but frequently enough. And imagine he cutting all that cut all that out. That's fat. That's grease. That's calories that are slowing him down. I mean, who knows? But I mean, this is this is a terrible storyline. But in in a way, it's awesome. Who like, I mean, who. Is he eating this during the season? Oh, I'm you sure know, he is. is the question, I guess. I mean, obviously, I mean, technically, there's no off season. Yeah, you're it's training continuous. twenty. You're training three sixty five. You know, twenty four seven. Yeah, it's it's just a very interesting storyline that I thought we should discuss with our with our listeners because hopefully they get a little bit of a chuckle out of it as much as I did. I think it's great. I, um, love, I love McDonald's. All right, so actually, into some real storylines that matter. Uh, this offseason to watch going into training camps, going into the important part of the season, the fantasy drafts coming up. So your brother's not here, which I really wish he was, because I know the love he has for this player. He absolutely loves this guy. And I, I just I personally don't understand it as much. I think he has the the tools and the skill set to be great. There's but potential. I just in the, in the current scheme and current team format he is in, I just can't see him being drafted where he is right now compared to where he should be drafted. And that's Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is a freak. I mean, a freak of nature athlete. Totes, totes my goats, man. It's, it's unbelievable watching this guy play. His, his punt return skill, his kick return skill, I mean, just throw it up there and watch him just come down and he'll, he'll, he'll be down the field waiting for it. The problem is, is that Alex Smith is his quarterback, okay? And Andy Reid is his head coach. He's a little rough, a little rough. It's, he doesn't fit that system currently. Um, he had a good year last year, but that was all based on mostly his ability to k- return kicks and punts. Okay, so right now Tyreek Hill is going where? He is going... Second? Late second? Maybe third? No, right, no, third no, right, round? Now, right now he's going at the le- uh, later part of the third round third into round. the early, early part of the fourth. Okay, so you might say, oh, that's not so bad. I think it's terrible. It's you could get so much more value for hey, which is the topic of our yeah. you know episode tonight. Right. He, so he much more value for Tyreek. I mean, yes, he really has improved. He had he did have. I'll, I'll just read you some stats: sixty-one catches for five hundred and ninety-three yards, six touchdowns. Mind you, he also rushes the ball as well. He also had twenty-four carries for two hundred and sixty-seven yards, three TDs. And he also had three return touchdowns. Now, chances are most leagues are not return yards leagues. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna get points for return yards. If you are, then that's great. You know, maybe you would draft him. If if that if you are in a league like that, then that's that's fantastic. I would definitely draft Tyreek Hill probably at that spot. But I, I mean, just, I'm, I'm I'm on the I'm on the fence. I'm definitely. Let me just give you some names. Some names going after him. And a lot of these guys I'm about to say are all the number one receiver on their team. Golden Tate. Julian Edelman. Mm. Larry Fitzgerald. Stefan Diggs. All guys I would probably take over Tyreek Hill. Yep. Stefan Diggs Diggs is the only one I would consider taking Tyreek Hill around their time. Yeah. 
Yeah. But even he has more up. I think he has just as much upside as a, he as a wide receiver than Tyree, as Tyree Kill has. With no touchdowns, but definitely right. get a lot of yards. <laughs> right, but there's, who's to say that Alex Smith is going to be throwing Tyree Kill 15 touchdowns? I, it's just it's not going to happen. You know who I'm more intrigued about in Kansas City is Chris Conley. Yeah, I want to see Chris Conley because I drafted him a couple years ago, two years ago I think, when he was a rookie, right? Mm-hmm. In my dynasty, in the dynasty league. So I, I, Chris Conley is one to he's he could be a sneaky sneaky pick, but obviously Travis Kelsey, I mean he right, Trav- right. easily becomes the number one tight end. Whether Gronk plays, I mean chances are Gronk's not going to play the full season anyway. It's just, <laughs> it's not going to happen. But Travis Kelsey is easily the number one tight end. Yeah, I I mean, I, I'll i give you a sneak preview. I don't have Travis Kelsey as my number one tight end. Um, I do have Rob Gronkowski as my number one tight end. I have Gronk, yeah. But we'll get to that at another point. Exactly. But I got Gronk I do, too, I do so. love me some Gronk. So. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, are you willing to get on the Tyreek Hill bandwagon? And the answer for me is no. Mm. Especially I'm, if his ADP keeps rising. I'm in the or. I'm in the or section. That's yes, fair. or No. <laughs> That's fair. He's still the number one on a team that is a playoff team. If it's he a falls, team. if he falls to me, then um, I mean I, I'll, I'll draft. Where would him, he have to fall? Oh, well, what he's going in the fourth round, you said. He's going in the late third, early fourth. If yeah. I had, if I had at least two wide receivers, if I had at least two solid wide receivers before him, definitely pick him as my flex. Um, I would be actually truthfully, as much as I'm the I'm the Tyreek Hill hater over here, I would be perfectly fine with him as my wide receiver too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, just, if my number right. one was Julio or Mike Evans or you know what I mean, like one of those guys, then I then I'm then I'm fine. I'm fine right. with him as my number two. Right, because all of that, all of those players, the Mike Evans, the AJ Greens, the Julios, they're going to be a number one wide receiver, and taking Tyreek Hill allows you to take that risk. You know, if you have that established one, you can take that risk on Tyreek and say, hey, you know what, maybe he's going to be a number one, or maybe he's just going to have a floor that's not very high it's just who knows but i think he's worth that risk if you have an established receiver in front of him personally agreed all right so another storyline to kind of watch that i think is really interesting is is this debate about the christian mccaffrey starting and jonathan stewart and how he fits into that mold now with christian mccaffrey being drafted in the top 10 we talked about it a little bit the last episode on Jonathan Stewart and how he's getting no love whatsoever. Yet he's put together some pretty decent seasons over the past five years. The guy's a workhorse. The guy's a workhorse. You know, I mean, he unfortunate that he hasn't. I don't think he's played a healthy season for. No, he's played. He's missed at least three games the last three seasons. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't played healthy for a while. You, you almost feel for him. I do because he's <laughs> he's proven himself. And what the Panthers did was the Panthers drafted Stewart and said, you know what, goodbye to D'Angelo Williams after that whole two quarterback, two monster head quarterback was it disappeared. Well, wasn't but, it the year? Wasn't it the, that year that they killed the Giants? Yep. When it was both of them that rushed for over like 200 yards in that one game. That that year, <laughs> the year that year they were both incredible. Oh and that's, my god. But what they did was the Panthers said, you know what, we're going to invest in Stewart, we're going to keep Stewart, and yep. they said goodbye to D'Angelo. Later. And I'm not sure that was the right decision, honestly, but Stewart has been good for them. He just can't stay healthy. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. But you bring in a kid like McCaffrey, who I think has all the talent in the world, has all the tools to be a successful player in the league, but he has to find his way into that offense. He has to learn how to run between the tackles like an NFL rusher does. But also, Cam isn't used to throwing to a running back. Jonathan Stewart has averaged, what, like 12 receptions the past three years? And there's no... And they, and they don't have... 
and they don't even have a receiving running back. I mean, they had what? Mike Tolbert? The guy looks uncomfortable Foster when he runs. Parker. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what they have. So I just, I don't understand it, but I think that Christian McCaffrey can be very, very good. But the hate that Jonathan Stewart is getting is out of this world. Now, I mean, you th- at the end of the season, at the end of the season, who's who gets more more fantasy points? Not necessarily I, has a better, I guess, because you, you can look at it both ways. You know what I mean? But I agree. Who, who has a better fantasy season at the at the end? I think in the end, Christian McCaffrey will have a better season. Okay, Ooh, but it, but it's all about value for me. Yep. Because oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not willing to risk the the fourth round pick. And the fourth round value that Christian McCaffrey is is going for now. Definitely when I can, reach. When I can get Jonathan Stewart as what the forty eighth best running back, but this year he doesn't have to be your number two. That's the thing. He's going in that he's going in that like tenth plus round. Exactly. I mean, you're, right now he's probably going to be your fourth fifth best running back. I mean, if you, if you draft properly, which we'll get into another time. True. But true. If you dra- if you draft properly, you're going to load up on running backs and wide receivers. Where Jonathan Stewart, you could get in that ninth, tenth, eleventh round. And that value could be off the charts. He's still going to play. That's what people don't understand. Is he's still going to get his maybe 14 to 16, 18 touches per game. I'd Mc- take that. McCaffrey is not – like, I mean, he was great at Stanford. Don't get me wrong. But like you said before, he's not really a run – I mean, at least I – I mean, he's not a run through the tackles exactly yeah. kind of guy. He's not. So – but here's here's the question is uh, we did talk about this on the last episode is that Cam they they want Cam to get rid of the ball quicker they want him to run less which they definitely should because I mean the guy is taking a beating he's I mean yes he's big he's one of the biggest quarterbacks out there right. but he can't I mean if he wants longevity in the NFL he can't he can't be running the ball when it's and he has experience he's been there he's been to the Super Bowl. It, so is Christian McCaffrey going to play the slot? Maybe you know, as we mentioned in the last episode as well. So the, that is a very—it's a very, very intriguing story to watch during preseason and the OTAs. Yeah, I agree. I think that people are undervaluing Jonathan Stewart to the point that is just disrespectful. And I think on, yeah. I think there's going to be a point in that late July, early August when drafts really, really get underway that they're going to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I know that name. He's produced before." and I am willing to take him as my running back four and take the risk with it because the reward could be just there. And he's not going to have huge upside, but he's going to have a stable floor that's going to get you points when you need it. Yep. All right. So let's jump into our question of the day. Who is somebody that is rising up your draft board exponentially over the past few weeks? Big fan. He, I mean, he's been performing very well lately. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, Buffalo. Currently, I have him... I have him at 17 right now on my rankings. Uh, now, mind you, I have him before. He's ranked higher than an Eli Manning. Joe, I mean, Joe Flacco throws a lot of yards. He's not a great fantasy quarterback, but I have him ranked behind Ben Roethlisberger. But it's a very, very small difference. He, I mean, they drafted Zay Jones. Big fan of Zay Jones. I think it's awesome. They, he still has LaShawn McCoy behind him. Look at his numbers. He's passed for over 3,000 yards. If he gets the job done, his interceptions, he's only thrown six interceptions the past two seasons. That's really good. If you could do that in the NFL, if you could be a starting quarterback and throw less than ten interceptions in a season, no matter how many touchdowns, though, that's pretty awesome. And mind you, he had close to 600 rushing yards in both seasons, too. He is someone that is definitely moving up in my rankings. I'm I'm probably going to end up moving him definitely in the top 15. 
maybe even more. Yeah, he was on mine too for a while. Um, I just I don't think he gets enough love because he's not the sexy pick. He's in Buffalo. He's in Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, it's cold. he hasn't he hasn't had Sammy Watkins healthy in a long time. It's you know, crazy. they are they they were a run first team under Rex Ryan, which I think they're still going to be as a run first team with LaShawn McCoy. They there. should be. They should be exactly. But yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think I think Tyrod's going to start to move up mine right now. I have him ranked 16th actually. So I think I think for me he actually is where he should be. I mean I, I could see myself moving him up into that 13, 14, 15 range, but for now I think 16 is a good ranking. So I'm this makes me sad to talk about, but mine mine is somebody that came back to haunt me last season. He destroyed me in every way. We in talked a, about a, him. I remember this in a bad way. I remember this. Um, last year. Final second to last week of the season, week sixteen, was my finals from the FPC championship, the fantasy players championship, you which is sat him, didn't you? Which is the you which is the biggest <laughs> leave me alone. Which is the biggest fantasy uh, high stakes fantasy championship there is. Um, first prize is two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So going into the last week of fantasy, I was sitting in third place out of seventy five hundred teams. I was sitting in third, and my team was made up of David Johnson, Lev Bell, Willie Sneed. I mean, I had I had a very solid team. So I thought my biggest question mark was at the quarterback position. Who do I start? Do I start Philip Rivers, Trimmer Sivian? Who do I do? Who is this player? So <laughs> this week 16 last year. Killed it. Against, killed against the it. Green Bay Packers and their terrible secondary, Adam Thielen put up his career game. Adam Thielen had the game of a lifetime. And I don't even want to tell – it makes me sad to talk yeah, about. Yeah, pull up his pull up his stats, dude. He had he had twelve receptions, two hundred and two yards, and two touchdowns. He scored forty four points, I believe, that day. I ended up losing to first place by thirty points. Okay, I finished in eighth place, but I could have walked away with two hundred fifty thousand dollars if I had just started Adam Thielen. Mind you, mind you, though, the, the weeks before he had a pretty good week. Uh, he he didn't play the week before. Right. And so, in your defense, there is no defense. Well, okay. So answer, answer me this: Who did you who did you end up? Do you remember who you started over him? Yeah, I started I started Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed got me three points. Well, okay, Willie Sneed. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't it, it was a tough. That's a tough call. It was at the time, <laughs> but I should have noticed the fact that Green Bay was one of the worst secondaries in football <sighs> at this point. Terrible secondary. So to recognize that, I would have had maybe a little bit more consideration to start dealing. But if Adam, if you are listening to this. I'm sorry, and Ugh. I deserved exactly what happened to me. Adam Thielen is rising on my draft boards. He started out in the 40s at some point when I was doing my rankings, a uh, wide receiver and a PPR. He is steadily moving into my 30s. I have him at 35. Yeah, he is steadily moving into my 30s. I mean, Stephen Diggs is a great Stephen Diggs is a great receiver. Kyle Rudolph's important in that offense. With Latavius Murray and Delvin Cook and the uncertainty surrounding the run game and a, an offensive line that still struggles, I really think that Sam Bradford is going to still going to keep passing the ball as much as possible, and he has a great completion percentage. He had the best ever last season. And you have players like Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen there. I just, I think this is the year where Thielen could actually surpass 1,000 yards, which he almost did last year. Almost. The tar- the touchdowns the touchdowns might not be there, but the targets will be, the receptions will be, and the yards will be. And I am a big proponent of Adam Thielen this year. So I have Adam Thielen at 35. I got Diggs at 37. So Do you really? I do, I do. I have but Diggs, I have him, I have I him have getting a lot of yards. I have him getting a lot of yards, but not as many touchdowns. I agree. I think I think Diggs is has tremendous upside. I think Thielen has a really good upside, but I think Diggs has a higher one. But I like actually like the floor of Thielen better. I, I really do. Both over nine hundred. Oh, yeah. Both over nine hundred yards easily. 
Yeah, because who else do they have besides the, those two and Rudolph? And then because Rudolph, exactly. Laquan Treadwell, you just don't know what he's going to be, and that's the, he's the X factor here because if Laquan Treadwell ends up being something I mean, great, is, that's great. That's great for the Vikings, exactly. Sure. Please draft Adam Thielen. Do it because if you don't, you're going to regret it just like <laughs> I did. So that is all I will say about that. I wish I could give you a hug right now. I wish you could too. <laughs> I'm not because in New Jersey. I can't give you was, a hug, unfortunately. That was probably the worst day. That was probably one of the top five worst days of my life. I'm not even joking. When I saw that 44 in the column and I saw that I was going to lose – well, not lose. I ended up winning. Now we're going to get into the best part of this episode. My favorite part. I know, Kyle, I know you love this shit as well. I do. Top draft. We're going to talk about value versus reach a little bit. So – Value versus reach. I mean, it's it's very essential to drafting. What what is a value? What is a reach? Kyle will give you a little definition in a second. But if a guy falls to you, you know, or if you're you really want this guy and you're gonna draft him six rounds before you know he's his rankings and whatnot. So, and we're definitely gonna hopefully try to help you with this mock draft to show you what we would do in this in particular situations as far as where guys fall to or where they are and all right so everyone focuses mainly on busts and steals when it comes to fantasy football they focus on what a bust is what a steal is and how to avoid busts and how to draft as many steals as possible but i'm not so much worried about busts and steals as i am about value and reach to me value and reach is so much more important a value pick is not so much a steal, but it's rather a player who falls to a point in the draft where you feel they are worthy of their value. The value is determined by previous year's stats. It's you know determined by current projections of the 2017 season and where their floor and ceiling are, in your opinion. Um, when they fall past their value, when you think they should be drafted, so say somebody is to you as a fourth-round pick and they end up falling to like the seventh round, that's past value. That reaches steal territory. That's amazing. Right. So... Someone might not have those same rankings as you, but to me, that is that is what a, a steal is. A steal is when they fall well past what their value is. But when you get someone around where you where you have them valued, maybe a little bit after, that's a true value. That's someone saying, hey, I am willing to draft them at this position because I think they are worthy of this selection. So some of the ones I've looked at uh, for this upcoming season that, to, you know, by my rankings and by where their ADP is currently, some ones that kind of fly off the board for me are all wide receivers. Um, Michael Crabtree is a big one for me. Michael Crabtree is going at the latter part of the fourth round, somewhere in that 408 to 412 range, which is just silly. I mean, he's getting 80 receptions, 85 receptions a season, you know, getting th- over 1,000 yards. He's looking at that 789 touchdowns per season. He finished, He finished. what did he finish last year? 12th. Yeah. In some leagues. Yep. Over 1,000 yards. Yep. 145 targets. That's unbelievable. He was peppered the targets. And he was number two. He was the number two receiver. Yeah, so he's going He's going um, behind players who, like Sammy Watkins, Devontae Adams, players with tremendous upside. He finished higher than Amari Cooper. Yeah. He's going behind people with so much upside, but Michael Crabtree isn't a sexy name, but he has value. He's exactly. being drafted. He's being drafted where he should be going, but it's tremendous value given the people that are going in front of him. Um, some another guy that I think is really a huge value is Larry Fitzgerald, old faithful. Love Larry. Larry Fitzgerald last year finished as a as a top twelve receiver. 
Um, he started the year off incredible. He was a, a top three receiver for the first few weeks of the season and then kind of tailed off because Carson Palmer didn't play well. And Larry's, you know, he's showing his age, unfortunately. Mm. But Larry Fitzgerald right now is going in the middle of the fifth round. A guy who finished as the leader in receptions last year is going in the middle of the fifth round. And it's just, it's just silly to me. He's a guy who has so much, so much to offer. Yeah, his upside isn't great. You know, his upside isn't of Sammy Watkins or Tyree Kill that can put up astronomical numbers because they're fast and young. But he has experience. He has a quarterback he has a rapport with in Carson Palmer. And he has minimal competition. John Brown had a rough year last year. Jerron Brown is hurt. Michael Floyd is gone. He doesn't miss games. And he doesn't miss games, correct. So it's, he's being picked in the middle of the fifth round. That is a true value. He is being picked where he should be, if not later than he should be. And that's what's incredible. His entire career... Look at it this way. He's been playing since 2004. His entire career, he's missed six games. That's what's great about That's him. That's amazing. It's that. But for <laughs> me, picking him in the fifth round means that, hey, I can pick running back, running back, running back, and not feel guilty about it because I know that Larry Fitzgerald is going to be a solid player for me and is going to be a wide receiver one for those first few weeks of the season. And if, even if he tails off, I'm okay with that. Trade him. He starts yeah, exactly. doing well. I'm trade okay him. with that. I'm okay with him being my my basically my wide receiver 1A or 1B. I'm okay with that. And another guy that I have okay with being as my number 1B or number uh, wide receiver 2 more likely is Willie Sneed. Ah, oh, Willie Sneed, who you, who, you, who, you, who you started over Adam Thielen, right? The need for Sneed. Okay, by the <laughs> way, if you're on the lookout for my names anywhere, uh, my fantasy name on almost every team is the need for Sneed. Even if you because draft him. I won so many. I won so many leagues last year. No, that's a humble break, I'm sorry. But I won so many leagues last year with the need for Sneed that I'm just going to keep it. Um, Willie Sneed right now is going in the middle, the early middle sixth round. Number two, which is number just two ban- receiver. It's just bananas to me because he was behind Brandon Cooks last year and still put up ridiculous numbers too. As a number, basically a number two and a half. It's crazy to me, honestly. Because last year he was behind Brandon Cooks to start the year, and then he was behind Michael Thomas to end the year. He actually had a better year the year. He actually had a better year two years ago in 2015. Willie Sneed is a really, really good player, and he's plays for a team that loves to air the ball out. Only person in front of him is Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is going to have a great year. Don't get me wrong, but but because of the success of Michael Thomas, Willie Sneed is going to have that good of a year, I think too. I'm not saying he's going to be a top 12 receiver, but I really think he could be a really good wide receiver too, somewhere in that 18 to 24 range. Drew Brees looks like he probably throws the ball at least like 40 times a game. <laughs> yeah, and I know I know saying Willie Snead is going to be a is going to be a good wide receiver too in that 18 24 range, and that sounds bananas. It really does. Like the more I think about it, the more it sounds crazy, but I believe it. I really do. Kobe Fleener hasn't really shown much, and I think he yeah. could come on better. But Ted Ginn. And Michael Thomas. So all it takes is for Michael Thomas to go down, and Willie Sneed's the number one. But still, even if he's the number two, I, right. I think Sneed is – that's a, that is, yeah, that's definitely a great value yeah. pick right there. So I, I think that, that's what about – Maybe even a steal at that. I think I think that's – it borders on steal. I wouldn't consider that a steal, but it, it has a chance to be one, yeah. yeah. All right, so – Now reach. Now, Talk to me about so now it's reaches. A, so a reach is almost the polar opposite of what a value is. A reach is drafting a player before their consensus ADP and current value. It's saying, hey, you know what? I have the the 112 pick. I have the last pick of the uh, of the first round. And I'm going to get my player that's valued at 112. But I know that I'm not going to have a pick then for a long time, for 23 picks. What do I do? Do I, do I take someone that's at their value here that I might not want? 
or do I reach for somebody that I feel, even though they're valued at somewhere in the 16 to 18 range, I love them and I want them on my team. And it happens sometimes without us noticing it, but a, a reach is sometimes a good thing. It's sometimes a necessary thing. True. Um, like it's 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 hard to explain sometimes because everyone gets that confused with like a, like almost drafting a bust, but it's not. It's not a bust. A reach could also exist when a player has no uh, competition, so it's a running back who has minimal com- uh, competition in his backfield. Someone who has a, a running back two, uh, a backup running back who is a nobody, who is a rookie. Um, it could be somebody who has question marks in their team as well. You know, somebody who has wide receivers who are always injured behind them or in front of them. It's, it could be a whole plethora of, of concepts that leads to what a reach is. But it's somebody saying, hey, I think they could be great. And even though I value them, I'm valuing them lower um, like than what they really are, I, I'm, I'm willing to take them at a point where they shouldn't be going. So a great, a great example of this, actually, is let's say you're in a snake draft and you have the 12th pick. So you got two picks right in a row you're not going to pick after those two picks. You're not going to pick for a very, very long time. So if you, if you want a wide receiver, if you want a running back or whatever position it is, chances are you're going to reach for some of the players. And I'm sure you've all done it out there. And I know I have, and I'm sure you have done it as well, Kile. So it, it's right. It's there a nec- is a good a example goal. of it. Exactly. Sometimes it is, it is necessary because then you can get, I mean, if you value exactly like you, but you're reaching, but in your eyes, it could be a good value pick. Right. And the biggest reason I think a reach is important is because you're drafting them based on their pure potential. You're saying, hey, this is a sexy pick. It's somebody that I know won't be there when I draft in the next round. Yep. I have to reach on them. And because I want them. And sometimes it can end up poorly. Sometimes it can end up really bad. It definitely has for me. I know that. But sometimes it can actually benefit you. You can say, hey, I reached on somebody that I didn't think I would pick there. And now it opens doors maybe down the in the end of the draft where you can kind of, in the middle rounds or the end of the draft, you can get players that you weren't really expecting to get. So now we're going to put it to the test. Mock draft. What we love, what, what I'm hoping everyone, every listener will love about our show is that we're going to do a ton of mock drafts. We're going to do a ton of scenarios, a ton of different, you know, drafting from different positions, types of drafts, formats. And we're going to put it to you, we're going to put, put these concepts to use. And that's what we're going to do right now. Let's jump into a mock draft. Awesome. And if you so, guys obviously out there, you know, you want to, hey... 12-team, PPR, or non-PPR, whatever. You want any situation, you let us know. We'll, we'll make it happen. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a 12-team league, PPR. Boom. We're going to pick from the sixth position. We're going to make it interesting, right in the middle. Six. Um, we're going to have the standard one quarterback. We're going to do two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, which we're going to include as a tight end as a flex. Okay. And we're going to do five bench spots. Okay? Okay. And let's go. Boom. Sixth position. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I don't really want the sixth position this year. That's best of the worst, in my opinion, because you're at least gonna get one of the top six players. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the six and the person that fell to us out of the top six, which is David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Brown, Brown Julio, Julio Jones, yeah. and Odell Beckham, who fell to us. Odell Beckham. Who else? Who else is out there? It's a PPR. I mean, it's a PPR league, so Odell Beckham's gonna get a ton of targets. He's gonna get that hundred receptions again. Okay. Um, up there is Odell Beckham, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, LaShawn McCoy, Devonta Freeman, Jordy Nelson. A.J. Green is healthy. I love A.J. Green right here. You love A.J. Green more than you love Odell Beckham. Yes. 
just for the simple fact Ugh. of uh, AJ Green, if you look at his numbers last year before he got hurt, he was the number one receiver. He was easily the number one receiver. Easily. Oh, that's and so he tough. was killing it. He was going but if you look at his numbers, if he's healthy, he he's a top three wide receiver, hands down. Okay, Brandon so Marshall, that, Brandon Marshall, the addition and Giants, they want to run the ball, two tight end format. I, I I like AJ Green, but I wouldn't be upset. I am a Cowboys fan, so I don't like ODV that much. <laughs> would you consider a running back here, given the fact that running back is such an important part to the true because to a who's, team because there's so little of them. Who's the top? Who's the top running back out there? Right but would, now? would you be willing to take Lashawn McCoy over AJ Green? Who else? Melvin Gordon. Devonta Freeman. I do like LaShawn. I mean, I do. I have him in my, in my dynasty. The guy's a workhorse. He, I mean, he sh- every single year he shows it. You know what? I think what we should do is I think we should go with our instinct here and we should show our listeners what will happen if we take a wide receiver first. Yeah, sure. Do it. And let's, and let's go with the one we think is the we think will have the better year, even though Beckham is a great player and he's probably going to go in the top five. We're going to take AJ. We're going to take AJ Green. I love me some AJ. All right. So AJ Green's now our first pick off the board. Hey, love don't it. you don't you try to fake me out now? No, you're gonna draft him in the leagues that we're in. You're gonna draft AJ now over me. I love AJ Green. <laughs> I took him last year in my top five. I love him, but it's his injury killed me. Ugh, killed everyone. <laughs> All right, so on on the turn now, we have some still some solid talent out there, and mm-hmm. I think the name that jumps off the board for me is Demarco Murray is still available. Really? Yeah. So some players that went off the board is Michael Thomas, Jordan okay. Howard, Jordy Nelson, Melvin Gordon, Jay Ajayi is off the board. Yeah, not a fan. Which I'm I'm okay with because I I think he's a good player, take but him. he's not he's they not could, one of my. They could take him. So the only I mean honestly I think there's no question about this one for me. I think Demarco Murray is by far the best available player. I have he's Demarco still be six. The one. on my board. I have him as six right now. He's still going to be the number one too. Love it. I love it. Even with Derek, exactly. Even with Derrick Henry, I love it. Yeah, and I, the thing is, I love Derrick Henry, but people have to pump the brakes a little bit with the yes. Derrick Henry love. Exactly, Demarco. He's a, he's a good player. He's but, a workhorse. He yes, he showed it in Dallas with that offensive line, but Tennessee, they they like yes, Eagles. That was that was a that was a fluke year because they didn't. That was just, a bit. They didn't even know how to use top, him. They didn't know how to he use. He still him. finished as a top twenty running back, I believe, that year. Dude, the guy didn't. He didn't even get over a hundred yards until like his like middle of the season in one game. You know. But last year, he played all 16 games. In Tennessee, though, exactly. He had almost 300 carries last year. That's a, He had a good offense, and now Mariota has got another year. More he had receivers. nine touchdowns on the ground. Nine touchdowns on the ground, three in the air. Love it. I, I just I Love think it. he's going to have that same role again on offense, even if Derrick Henry increases his rushes by 50 rushes over the course of the season. Which I could see. There's, right. You, I absolutely could see it. He's a huge, huge human being yeah. who – could he's rush it in boy. from the end zone. I mean, from the five-yard line, he might be getting those touches in the red zone. He's a big boy. But, yeah, but the truth is, is that pick. DeMarco is still going to be the workhorse. He's still going to be the number one back. He's still going to get 275-plus carries. Love it. So I think it's a pretty easy one here. DeMarco, totally. Love it. Wow, A.J. Green, DeMarco Murray is our first two picks. Love it. I, I will take that every single time. I hope time. this is my team, actually. <laughs> in one of the leagues. All right, so off the board, wow, some some surprises, some big ones. Two rookies went in the second round. <laughs> Holy crap. Leonard and Corey Davis? Leonard and Christian McCaffrey. Christian Ooh. McCaffrey went at the 210 position. Okay, wow. so 210, just, you know, that's a that's, that's the second round, the 10th pick for anybody I, that's listening. And then Leonard Fournette went as the last pick in the second round. And then it so was McCaffrey a went, So McCaffrey went above Fournette. Yeah, yeah. 
Really? Yeah. Hmm. And then then there was a plethora of wide receivers that went off the board. Doug Baldwin, DeAndre Hopkins, Alshon, and Brandon Cooks all off the board. I'm and okay Lamar, with, Mil- I'm, I'm Lamar okay Miller. I'm okay with all of them. I'm okay with all of them going off the board. The only person I would have considered if he fell would have been Doug Baldwin. I was going to say Doug Baldwin. Yeah. He's in my dynasty, too. I like I, I like Doug Baldwin a lot. I think Russell Wilson had a really down year last year, but I think that Baldwin could really you know, oh, yeah. benefit from a, a better year from Russell Wilson. Yeah. Even with the uh, emergence of Jimmy Graham, which they didn't even use him well. The and and first Tyler Lockett, year. too. Tyler Lockett coming back, too. is. I, I, like, I like Paul Richardson, actually. I do too. He's, I like Paul Richardson. He's my sneaky guy this year. Yeah. He's going to beat He's out Jermaine Curse. He's not even going to play probably. All right. So some of the best players on the board still, um, according to their rankings and according to our rankings, um, it's an interesting pick here because I would take him at this position. I don't know how you feel, but it'd be Isaiah Crowell. Who else? Isaiah Crowell is sitting there. Allen Robinson is sitting there. No. Demarius Thomas. I do like Demarius. Jarvis but... Landry. Sammy Watkins. I think that's about the only players I would consider taking. I love Jarvis. I love me some Jarvis. So this is a PPR. Yes, this is a PPR league. So so, so the truth is is that Demarius Thomas is going to see 90 receptions again this year. Demarius, I don't think it matters who the quarterback is. It doesn't it really doesn't matter honestly. If you look at his career like it really is he's had a fantastic career so far. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, he's he's going to put up those those same stats. The touchdowns might waver, which they're probably going to, but ever since Peyton's been gone. But I think that Demarius Thomas is still a solid pick, and he's going to be our wide receiver too. But the only reason I say Crowell is is because Crowell, if we don't draft him. Because Crowell is the only running back left on the board that, in my opinion, is a running back one. Has the chance to be a running back one. Chance, Grant, exactly. I, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Granted, Crowell did not see 200 carries last year. Which I mean, is the, which is a who lot. knows who knows what the Browns want to do this year because they also I mean they also have Duke Johnson who's very young as well, passing running back, but they didn't really use they didn't they didn't really use him that much last year. No, Duke Johnson had a ton of receptions. That's all he was really used exactly, for. Exactly, exactly. Crowell is going to be behind an offensive line that has improved drastically. Oh interior. my God! So they, they got two, so much better. Two great guards. And I, I just I think that Crowell has the ability to finish as a running back one. I just don't think that either of the other running backs there. And I'm not saying we have to take a running back here. That's that's what I don't. Want. I don't want our listeners to be like, whoa, okay, so you need to take two running backs in the first few rounds. It's all based on preference, and it's all based on how you view the draft boards going forward. Well, format exactly, exactly too. Because I mean, Landry wouldn't be a bad pick right here. Landry's a great pick here. He's a uh, great so pick. Demarius Thomas, and then there's the Allen Robinson, who I think is based mostly on on upside of Blake Bortles, which is if you believe in Blake Bortles' upside. I say we I say we go with I'm I'm okay with um Crowell right here Isaiah. Me as well. I like it. See how we go. Two running backs now. One solid so we feel receiver. Safety. It's a safety net. That's the thing is we have the safety net of the two running backs. Yeah. And a, a stud wide receiver. Even if he finishes f- top fifteen, Crowell. I mean that's still. That's still awesome. All right, so let's kind of speed through these next few picks. I don't want to say speed, but let's let's go through them a little bit uh, quicker. You know, obviously every pick needs you know needs to be analyzed. Of course, but, every single pick. Right, but at the same time, I think it's it's bad to overanalyze it to the point where you're reconsidering. So some big names came off the board, uh, some questionable ones that came off the board too. Uh, some Blau Powell went in the fourth round, Ooh. which is kind of 
ridiculous to me. We see our first quarterback come off the board. Aaron Rodgers went off in the late third. Are you serious? The third round? That's about right. I mean, I think I think that's about right. That's... Wow, our quarterbacks, our quarterbacks falling. I mean, I I would have seen him go in the early part of the third, but the late Maybe part of second. The... I mean, some yeah. people probably could have drafted him in the second. So Tom Brady's off the board as well. Tra- Travis Kelsey, Keenan Allen, Julian Edelman, Sammy Watkins, so and Joe end. Joe so Mixon. Kel- so yeah, Kelsey this... is the first tight end. Uh, no, Gronk was the first tight end. Okay, when? Like probably the second went, round. Gronk went in the second. Yeah. Okay. We've reached a point now where we, I'm just I'm we have two established running backs that I think are going to have a good seasons, and we have a, a top end wide receiver. So I think it's just based purely now on best player available. Who's available? Go. So our best players available. We have Golden Tate, Carlos Hyde, Michael Crabtree, Larry Fitzgerald, Terrell Pryor, Javante oh. Adams, C.J. Anderson. That's tough. I just to me to me it's a it's two between two players. I would say Larry. I would say Michael Crabtree. Yep, Crabtree or Crabtree or Larry for me. Or Larry Fit or Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, wow, look at us. So, Michael Crabtree, you know That's what you're going to get out of both. The thing is, you know what you're going to exactly, get out of both. Exactly, exactly. Like they're both very similar, and they both finish like top twenty, top fifteen. I mean, I would be fine with either of these players. I the only reason I lean more towards Larry is the fact that the receptions are going to still be there. Consistency, exactly, exactly. His targets. I totally agree with you on that. And I, mean, I think that Amari I think Amari is going to emerge this year finally as a top seven wide receiver. And I think Michael Crabtree might feel a little bit of that ramification. Larry does not drop passes. Right. You know, Derek Carr, Derek Carr is going to come back healthy. Derek Carr does, but the truth is Derek Carr doesn't pass for a ton of touchdowns. You know, he's going to pass for those yards. He's going to pass for those touchdowns, but he doesn't pass for astronomical ones. Maybe. Maybe this year. Larry Fitzgerald is going to be the only cog in that offense besides David Johnson, obviously. So I just think it's all going to be fed through the two of them, and Fitzgerald's going to see a ton of targets. He's going to have a ton of receptions. And when they're in that red zone and David Johnson's not, you know, is not getting it, it's going to be Larry Fitzgerald getting it. So I think I think the pick here for me is Larry Fitzgerald. I like Larry. Larry continues to do it. I like Larry. Yeah, and if if, if Fitzger- Fitzgerald finished with 150 targets last year Love with it. Michael with Michael Floyd, with John Brown, with Jerron Brown, and with David Johnson, David Johnson. So I just I could see him. I could see Fitzgerald seeing another 150 targets again Love this it. year. Love it. Love the Larry pick. Pick it. Do it. Take him. And so now our team is made up of Demarco Murray. Isaiah Crowell, AJ Green, and Larry Fitzgerald. It's ba- It's balanced. It's got touchdowns included in there. It's Good got receptions Lord. included in there. Give me that and, team all day. All right. So another some players went off the board. Tyreek Hill goes off in the late fourth in this one. Some other players that came off: Carlos Hyde, Ty Montgomery, and Spencer Ware. So the running backs are those those second level running backs, third level running backs. The Spencer Wares, the Ty Montgomerys. Who are kind of iffy. Right. Those are coming. The Carlos Hydes. Those are coming off the board now. Mm-hmm. So who's still there? Mark Ingram. Hard pass. Emmanuel Sanders, C.J. Anderson, Danny Woodhead, Stephon Diggs, Amir Abdullah. So now I would I would love to say let's go Danny Woodhead. Love to say him. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there but and you don't he, have to. Uh, his injury proneness is hurting me so much. So I'm about to say somebody who's even more injury prone, but because we have those two established running backs who are the number ones on their team and are gonna get the ball a lot, C.J. Anderson. I, he's going to be the starting running back for the Denver Broncos. Who knows what the Broncos are going to do? I'm staying away from that backfield. Uh, I, I, there's something about him that makes me want to draft him, but there's so much about him that makes me want to avoid him. So, my pick here would be Frank Gore. <coughs> Ooh. 
Frank Gore in the fifth is still pretty high. Love it. But he's our number three running back at this Love point. It. Frank Gore is solid. Every single year the guy does it. Last year he finished some leagues top 15. He had another 1,000-yard uh, season last year. The touchdowns weren't there. That's the problem. The touchdowns still aren't there for him. And Over he's not going to have... yards didn't matter, though. You know, he's not going to have the high upside of some of these other players. But the truth is, is that he's stable. He's a workhorse. And he actually had some decent receiving yards, too. He had four receiving touchdowns. So, if I had to give you these three players to throw out there... Frank Gore. Pick him. Frank Gore, Stephon Diggs, Amir Abdullah. I like Frank Gore. Just because he's been around and he established himself already on multiple on, on two teams already, he's proven that he can do it. Yes, the Colts drafted young uh, a young dude, and they do have they had Mar- they drafted Marlon Mack, and they yep. do have Robert Turbin. Robert there. Turbin, they're not they're not going to stay away from Frank Gore. Why would you? No. There's no Why reason. Why would you? The guy had 263 carries last year. I mean, that's pretty good for somebody with as much experience as him. In so his age now. What, what I love about building a draft is that is to just add up as many and draft as many running backs and wide receivers as humanly possible. Just build depth with those positions. Your quarterback you can stream. Your tight end you can stream. It's building the, the players that you can't find depth at, and that's running back and wide receiver. Totally. All right, so on the board still, Dante Moncrief, Willie Sneed, Jeremy Macklin. The truth is, is that Jeremy Macklin's going to be the number one on a pass-happy offense that passes the ball a ton. Joe Flacco loves to throw the ball. Willie Sneed's going to be a is going to be a high-targeted player. As the truth is, is Moncrief has the highest ceiling out of any of them, but Moncrief also has the is the most risk because he I'm is injured. I'm staying away from Moncrief. I mean, I, I like I like the pick of of somebody like a, either Jeremy Macklin or Willie Sneed because they're going to be our three. And they both offer pretty solid upside. Who's the best? Qu- who's the best quarterback out there right now? Who's the best quarterback? Matt right. Ryan. Ooh, really? Is Matt Matt Ryan in the sixth round? I'd rather wait on. I'd rather wait on a quarter. I'd rather like Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford are going to fall to the to the ninth, tenth round, and I'd rather grab them there and build my build my offense on running backs and wide true, receivers. True. True. Um, so because I, the difference between Matt Ryan and Dak Prescott by point value for me is very slim. My thing about my thing about Macklin though is he's he's gonna get a lot of targets, but his his touchdowns are gonna scare me. They're not gonna be high, I can tell you that. They're not gonna be high. I agree. We could also build more running back depth here. Paul Perkins is still on the board. Eddie Lacy is still on the board. I mean, I'm not a Giants. I'm not a Giants fan, but I think Perkins right here is actually not terrible because he is gonna be the number one. Yeah, and Perkins is the least sexy pick I've ever made in my life, but I think it might be the right pick here. I'm okay with it, actually. All right, let's do it. Okay, so the late sixth, early seventh saw a huge run on quarterbacks, which I expected at this point. You know, we saw Marcus Mariota, Kirk Cousins, Jameis Winston, Derek Carr, and Matt Ryan all come off the board in a matter of 10 picks. So what we're left with is some solid, solid talent still sitting out there. I mean, Mm. it's unbelievable. Danny Woodhead's still out there. It's uh, unbelievable. Jeremy Macklin's still out there. Theo Riddick in a PPR is still out there. Pierre Garçon is still out there. Randall Cobb is still out there. I just I, I see so much wide receiver and running back talent still sitting out here that I I can't pass them up. Theo, I like Theo. Do you like Theo? Okay, so if I had to do a battle here of the of the running backs with a ton to offer, 
in terms of receptions per game? Danny Woodhead or Theo Riddick, who would you pick? It's a tough one. Theo Riddick. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> I'm going to go Theo Riddick. I would too. I love me some Theo Riddick. I do. I do. I'm a big fan of Danny Woodhead. I'm a very, very big fan. But the fact that he's been getting hurt, like, and I mean severely hurt, you know, the past few years. Right. And what's awesome about our team right now is we have five running backs that all can start on any given week. We are building depth at running back that no other team will have. Love it. And some people might say, well, well, you know, once you need some wide receivers in there, no. Because wide receiver is the most deep field in fantasy football. There, there are wide receivers being drafted as the 60th wide receiver that I would start on my team. And we have Larry Fitzgerald and A.J. Green holding down our fort at starting wide receiver. Love it. That there's no reason to, to get scared and say, oh, well, I drafted five running backs out of my first seven picks. Is that a problem? It's no. Fine. It's a great problem to have. It's fine. Pierre Garçon on the board. Pierre Garçon is going to be the number one on his team. A team that Brian Hoyer is going to be captaining, which... Doesn't sound great in my head, but Brian Sounds Hoyer makes awful. yeah. Brian Hoyer does bring out the best in his wide receivers, and I think he will do that with Pierre Garcon. I, I and, like it. I like Pierre right here. I think it's great. love it. Love it. Let's do it. I could see Pierre actually even being our like our, our flex. Honestly, yeah. I would I would contemplate starting him as right. the flex in this. I, Right, on, on weeks where he's going up against a terrible secondary, too. I mean, Brian Hoyer brought out the best in, in DeAndre Hopkins and in players like uh, Cam Meredith last year that I just don't see a reason why he can't do that with somebody like Pierre Garçon. And Cam Meredith's young, too. Pierre, Pierre's been around for a while, yeah, you know? absolutely. All right, so again, we're seeing some quarterbacks come off the board here. Um, some running backs are now coming off the board. Some the People need to build some depth here, but there are some good— there are some good wide receivers and some tight ends still on the board here. There, once again, the quarterback is still a position we can look at. Cam is still on the board. Um, Dak Prescott is still on the board. Matthew Stafford is still on the board. What about Dak right here? Would you rather have Dak or would you rather have Doug Martin on a suspension for three weeks? No. You wouldn't. Ha- you wouldn't take Doug Martin here. I would not take Doug Martin at all. See, I think Doug Martin at this position is pretty sweet. I mean, we're drafting. It is. It could be. It really could be. That is tough. That's a tough one. But if you, I mean, if we're looking at quarterback right now, if we can get somebody like him in the eighth, seventh, eighth round, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not going to be opposed to it. He does. He does. He definitely does have have top twenty potential. Maybe even top ten potential. Doug Martin. But he, we have to stash him for three weeks. That's the problem. And But that's okay, though. Well, because he doesn't we have, have to start. We also have a lot of starters have, ahead of him. We have five running backs. Is, is it wasting a pick to just pick somebody who's going to be suspended for three games and then sit behind our other four running backs? I say we I say we go quarterback if we can. I agree. I really do. And out of those, though, who do you think is the best? Cam, Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford? I do like Stafford, but if he's off, he is off. Like he just does, like if he's having a bad game, he's gonna throw four interceptions, two hundred yards. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think I think that the pick here is eighth round. I think the pick here is is definitely. Cam, it's Cam definitely could be a, Cam could be a steal. I also think Cam could be a letdown yet again. Exactly. Yes, I, I do agree with that because obviously he made it to the Super Bowl two years ago, and then last year the Panthers had an awful year. I agree. So but I like Dak. Mainly I like for the, the fact Dak that I am too. a Cowboys fan. Eighth round here. It's a little early for me, but I do like the deck pick because I like it. you know what you're going to get from him. All right, sweet. All right, so let's just fill out the rest of our lineup here, and then we don't want to take too much time here because we're going to draw it out way too much. So what are we looking right, at? So tight end, right? We need some good players still left on the board. We'll have two more positions. We'll do. We'll do another wide receiver, uh, another tight end here. 
So tight end, we, we need to fill, but to me, tight end is a is a streaming position. I'm not if, so worried if about if you can't get a top if you can't right. get a top three, top five tight end. If you're not willing to invest a, a top five round yep. pick in a tight end, which is my advice, you should not. You can wait for them to fall to you. You can wait for some of the top tight ends to fall to you um, that I think could have great years. You know, Kyle Rudolph's off the board now, but I would have taken someone like Kyle Rudolph, someone like Zach Ertz. But think about it. Eric Ebron is still on the board. Ooh. Jack Doyle is still on the board. Hunter Henry is still on the board. Kobe Fleener is still on the board. I like Hunter Henry this year a lot. I am a fan of Hunter Henry, but I'm also a fan of Antonio Gates, which kind of makes me not love Hunter Henry as much. Hunter Henry did have a solid, solid second half of the year last year. I agree, but he was very touchdown dependent, though. He was. He was, but he still got targets. Eric Ebron, Hunter, Eric Ebron in his third season or Hunter Henry? They're saying they want to use Ebron more this year, I've been reading on. So merely on the fact of that, the Lions, they're going to be down. They're not. They're not. They're going to have to pass the ball. You know what? Let's go Ebron then. That's a tough pick because I think Ebron has a t- Ebron has probably the best upside of any tight he end could, there he is. He could become a top five tight end. I agree. He could be easily become a top and, five. And but then the thing is, is somebody you could take in this. You know, I, I'm not a huge fan of taking multiple tight ends because it is streaming position. But say depending, you were to take, depending. but say you were to take someone like Eric Ebron with that with that tight end pick as your starting tight end in that eighth, ninth, tenth round. It's okay to then say, hey, I'm going to wait till the second to last round or third to last round and grab somebody that has established themselves and is going to be good in their offense, a Charles Clay, an Antonio yeah. Gates, even a Dwayne Allen in that New England offense. I mean, those are players who are going to get targets in their respective teams. So I think that if you wanted to take that upside pick in Eric Ebron, I think you need to back it up with a tight end who can have a floor that is higher. So last pick here, there's still some great talents left on the board, which just baffles me. Um, we're, we're sitting in the 10th round here. Corey Coleman is still on the board. Adam Thielen is still on the board. Uh, Adam Thielen. We're not taking him here. <laughs> Derrick Henry is still on the board. Okay, so that's the interesting one. Derrick Henry is still on the board, which baffles me. It's a good, that's, I mean, it's a, it's a great handcuff, obviously, for our DeMarco I, Murray well, pick. First of all, I'm not a huge fan of handcuffs. And second of all, um, it, Derrick Henry wouldn't be on the board at this point. So I'm going to completely negate this because this draft is doing it differently than I would have. Yeah, I true, think, I think true. in most drafts, I think Derrick Henry is going to be off the board before this round. Yeah, the... and Thielen, too, probably. Yeah. So, sitting on the board here, there's players like Tyrell Williams, Quincy Inunua, who is I, I like, but he's going to have I, no one to pass him the ball. I was going to say, I like him, but exactly. Who's going to throw him the ball? There's some, I mean, there's some There's some top talent out here. Samaji P. Ryan in that Washington offense, but once again, he's still behind Rob Kelly. James White is an interesting one, too. Mm. But I think I think the depth of wide receiver is important here. And as much as I love me some Keenan Allen, and I think that Mike Williams will you know become a good player for them, Tyrell Williams is getting so overlooked. I like Tyrell Williams right here. I okay, love Tyrell. He had over 1,000 yards last year. And he's going to be our number four. I mean, he, we don't need him to start for us every week, but if he does start to get hot for a team that passes the ball a ton, like the Chargers do... I just don't see Tyra Williams being a negative factor in that offense. He had 120 targets last year. Yeah, granted, Keenan only Allen was out. S- only 69 catches, though, out of those 120 right. That's targets. the problem, is Keenan Allen was out, though, which didn't make it any better and, and you know, for him this year. Which, but you also add in Dontrell Inman, you enter Hunter Henry, yeah. Antonio yeah. Gates. It does make it a little bit of a questionable pick, but I think this is more of an upside. He's a young guy. He's got great intangibles. I like he's, it. He's a good player, and it's all based on his what his potential could be. I like the pick. All right, awesome. All right, so first pick we took A.J. Green, DeMarco okay. Murray, yep. Isaiah Crowell, 
Larry Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. which right there is just just oh, a solid team. Right four, there. Then we took it. we took Frank Gore, we took Theo Riddick, then we took Paul Perkins, which just solidified how solid our running back core is. That oh, yeah. are even weak, we can start anybody we wanted to. Because he's the number one, exactly. Right. Great. It's a, it was a good pick from where it was. It was a good right. value pick. We took Pierre Garcon. As our, our as our wide receiver three, Another which is just fantastic, fantastic value, value at the uh, as our wide receiver three. Love it. We finished. We followed that up with Dak Prescott as our starting quarterback to fill out our team, which I do not suggest doing. Do not just try to fill out a team. If I can tell you anything, fantasy listeners here, do not try to fill out your roster. Build talent. Best available, exactly. And then we finished it up with our tight end, who is who did we take a tight end again? Oh, Eric Ebron, who is a solid pick. And then we followed that up with our final pick of Tyrell Williams as our sleeper wide receiver pick, who could have some sneaky upside in that offense. Wow, what a great draft. What a fantastic draft. And this is only the first of many to come. We, we love using mock drafts. We love showing listeners um, how many different ways you can draft a team. And there are. There's tons of ways you can go about formatting your team. You know, going running back first, going wide receiver first, going running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver. There's really no easy answer. It's all based on best available player and how you want to build going forward. Um, Thank you very much for listening. This was a great, great episode Uh, from all of us here. This is the Fantasy Fam signing off. (laughs) 